This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. You've found the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. We've got the lights turned on. We've got people milling about. I'm not in my comfort zone. I'm usually sitting in the dark all alone, except for my producer, Tim Spreen, in the other studio. But we're doing a Google Hangout uh, tonight. Uh, our third, actually, in a series of uh, hangouts, and I think we're starting to get it down pat, uh, thanks to uh, Elbert, the intern, my story producer, and, uh, of course, uh, special assistance from uh, the good people at thehangouthelper.com, thehangouthelper.com. If you want to join uh, or, or watch the live stream of our hangout, uh, the best way to do this is just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett at Richard Serrett, and click on the link right there, and you can watch the live stream. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, just two weeks left before my live conference, Follow the Truth, the Conspiracy Show Summit. That's Sunday, November the 16th at the Regent Theater. It's going to be here before you know it. Uh, And we're adding new speakers. If you haven't been to the uh, the website, followthetruth.tv, check it out. I think we're up to a total of 10 speakers and uh, including Simka uh, Jacobo, uh, Jakobovich, Simka Jakobovich, who is uh, the star of a very popular TV show. I believe it's on the History Channel, and that is The Naked Archaeologist, and he's going to join us live via Skype from Israel. Uh, and, of course, we also have renowned, world-renowned mentalist Haim Goldenberg, who was here on the program a couple of weeks ago. Bending spoons and uh, I just did some incredible feats uh, during one of our hangouts as well. So Heim Goldenberg will be there. Gordon Depp. Let me take you back to the 1980s. Maybe a high school gymnasium and you're dancing to the spoons. Gordon Depp was the uh, the lead singer of the spoons. And I've only just recently learned that a lot of his music was inspired by a lot of this alternative information that we talk about on this program. Uh, and He's very much into uh, past lives and, and out-of-body experiences. So Gordon Depp will be um, at the uh, 
at the conference and I'm told is even going to, uh, going to perform a, a song or two. And Debbie Papadakis, of course, our past life regression therapist, will be doing a past life regression live on the stage. Don Schmidt, renowned Roswell UFO crash investigator. Jim Penniston, key witness to the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. Uh, my word. Um, who else do we have? Jim Elvidge, of course, talking about living in a digital simulation, the Matrix. Professor Ron Mallett on time travel. And uh, Patty Greer, Crop Circle Filmmaker Researcher. So, uh, followthetruth.tv, that's the website for more information. And, of course, you can order your, pass, uh, your passes by calling the, uh, the box office at the Regent Theatre, 905-721-3399. 905-721-3399. All right, on to uh, pressing matters. Uh, Canadian CF-18s dropped laser-guided missiles over Iraq today, Canada's first airstrikes. So we are now, Canada that is, a full participant in the, uh, the anti-ISIS mission. Uh, but of course, up here in uh, the Great White North, all anybody seems to want to talk about is former CB ho- CBC host Gian Gameshi and his scandal, uh, and suddenly nobody's talking about the, uh, the passage of new counter-terrorism powers, new tools which will be used to track terror suspects through online records, bank accounts, and other means, powers the RCMP commissioner called uh, for this week, but which were already moving through Parliament. RCMP Commissioner Bob Paulson made the request for new powers Monday after a pair of attacks last week that killed Warrant Officer Patrice Vincent and Corporal Nathan Cirillo. The commissioner said police should in some cases need less hard evidence to get court approval to track suspects or to monitor them online or by phone. The Protection of Canada from Terrorists Act will expand the powers of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service and the Bill C-44 will better safeguard the identities of intelligence informants in Canada and authorize ceases to eavesdrop in foreign countries. C-44 contains the first legal changes to the CSIS Act since the spy service was created in 1984. The bill, drawn up months ago, we're told, was tabled in Parliament just five days after a gunman shot an Ottawa soldier and breached the main hall of Parliament's centre block before being killed by security guards. Ottawa's also weighing additional powers or measures for police and agencies who monitor terror groups in reaction to the, uh, the slayings in what Stephen Harper, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, has called terror attacks. The government has already signaled it's looking at lowering the threshold for preventative arrests. Now, it's being suggested in various quarters, and we've talked about it on this program last week, in fact, and this is difficult to, dis- uh, difficult to discuss, but it must be discussed. It's being suggested that these horrible tragedies, the killing of Warrant Officer Patrice Vincent and Corporal Nathan Cirillo, were part of a false flag operation to provide, I suppose, a a pretext uh, to galvanize public support for Canada's participation in the anti-ISIS campaign, and B, 
galvanize public and political support for new counter-terror powers. As I say, we talked about this last week, but I wanted to revisit again tonight because there's been some new information that's, uh, that's come to light. And as I say, very difficult, very difficult topic to broach. We, it's a sensitive issue. We, our nerves are still raw. Our emotions are still raw. But discuss it, we will. Last week on the program, we were joined by George Freund, who is the host of a very popular alternative news podcast, The Conspiracy Cafe, and he joins us again tonight. George, are you there? Welcome. Oh, thank you, Richard. Glad to be aboard. Well, uh, thank you, and we, we have some, some, uh, some photos that we're going to be sharing for those who are joining the, uh, the, the, uh, the Hangout tonight. Uh, or, or or watching the uh, the YouTube stream, and uh, before we we uh, get to that, let me just ask you about these counter terror powers, and you know people will have to decide for themselves whether they're going to connect the dots between the evidence that you're putting forward to suggest that these shootings, or the, the the shooting and the uh, the killing of warrant officer uh, uh, Vincent, were part of this hoax or this false flag, uh, they'll have to decide whether they can connect these dots. But l- let me jump ahead and ask you, first of all, about these counter-terror powers, Bill C-44. Uh, give us a sense of, of how far-reaching they, this bill is. Well, in history, James Madison, one of the founding fathers of the United States, said, if tyranny and oppression come to this land, it will be in the guise of fighting a foreign enemy. The means of defense against foreign danger historically have come from instruments of tyranny at home and uh, even though that goes back into the late 1700s the words are just as prescient today these bills are just the total opposite of where our country should be going and a lot of these laws were in place they strengthened a lot of laws in 2012 to give CSIS more power And more power doesn't necessarily mean greater investigative capabilities, as is clearly obvious if we accept the story that's being peddled, that uh, these gentlemen who, one, was definitely under the observation of the police and intelligence services, and one should have been, uh, probably very close to being under their supervision, were managing to get into the House of Commons or to attack our soldiers in Quebec and without any interference from the authorities. It's just scandalous, really, that anyone could approach the House of Commons in the manner that happened and just pretty much walk in and shoot the place up, according to the story that they give us. So it's not power they need, it's skill. They don't seem to have any skills. And in any organization where you fail that drastically, usually there's someone who has to fall on the sword and resign, and that just doesn't seem to be the case in any way, shape, or form, that anyone's being held responsible for dropping the ball. What concerns you most about these counter-terror uh, uh, powers? For example, uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, if, let's say, there are radicalized uh, Canadians, uh, what's wrong with CSIS or the RCMP having extra powers, in other words, lowering the threshold for preventative arrests and rounding up some of these individuals if CSIS and the RCMP uh, feel that they are an imminent threat to, you know, the the safety of of Canadians or national security? Well, the first fellow they rounded up 
was a chap who was, uh, you know, convicted or got into a plea bargain arrangement over some firearms offenses. But as soon as this uh, debacle happened in Ottawa, they immediately moved to have him removed from Canada under the uh, Immigration and Refugee Protection Act. And the big crime that a this fellow appears to have committed, because nobody really gave a damn about him in the previous year, is he tweeted out information about the shooting in Quebec, say, saying that the uh, individual killer was shot by the police. And he came out of the car with his hands up and was surrendering. And uh, another witness that has nothing to do with this chap was reporting that they received a shoot-to-kill order over the radio, and that uh, the man was basically put down like uh, a patsy you'd see in the movie so that he can't testify uh, later on or be interrogated if there's any court proceedings. You're talking about the uh, the, the person who ran down warrant officer uh, Patrice, Patrice Vincent. Yes. And, and you're saying that a witness claims he heard uh, over the police yeah, radio. Yeah, heard that. How can, we, how, how can we verify that? Well, that was widely reported uh, at the beginning. And, uh, you know, I even have names of uh, witnesses from other radio programs I was on that were coming forward, but I can't give that out because that's, you know, confidential information. You don't release informants' names. But this gentleman, Mohammed uh, Akik Ansari, uh, a Pakistani software uh, designer, is immediately under the thing where we have to round him up and kick him out of the country. I'm Polish-German by background, and we know all about police states and how they work. And I can tell you about, uh, you know, the trip to Auschwitz that my grandfather's sisters had to take. So the police state is nothing to be really proud of. They always say if you have nothing to fear, you have nothing to hide. But when the time comes that you have something to fear, you have no place to hide. All right, George, we'll take a time out. George Freund is with us, host of the Conspiracy Cafe podcast, independent researcher as we discuss Ottawa shooting oddities, part two, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. George Freund is uh, with us as we discuss some of the oddities surrounding the uh, the recent uh, shooting up in Ottawa and uh, as well as the uh, uh, the uh, the murder of warrant officer uh, Vincent or uh, Patrice Vincent in uh, Quebec. George uh, George Freund is with us from Conspiracy Cafe, a very popular alternative news uh, podcast. Uh, let's if if the if the purpose of the false flag was to galvanize public support uh, for not only Canada's mission, this anti-ISIS mission, which uh, I guess began in earnest today with the uh, the CF-18s involved in the uh, the bombing raid in Iraq, uh, and also galvanize public and political support for these new counter-terror uh, uh, bills. Uh, it seems it was very successful. Uh, the mainstream media certainly, you know, has... has uh, Sort of gone into rally round the flag mold or, or mode, and uh, I, 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 my sense is people don't want to even hear about what you're talking about or suggesting that something so cynical that this was all staged a hoax. Yes, it does appear to be a, a, a strategic operation. There were national security drills going on in both places conveniently, and. Uh, Adrian Arsenault, the uh, you know renowned Canadian reporter, mentioned that, and that's posted on uh, another alternative blog, but definitely not something you're going to read in uh, corporate media. That uh, you know what a coincidence! Just like the seven seven bombings, only the places where we do drills get attacked. 
There were many uh, other persons involved. I sent you a photo called Abbey Road where we see, uh, you know, black hooded individuals walking across the street uh, almost in lockstep like the Beatles at the Abbey Road uh, album cover with a policeman escorting them. And uh, they appear to be, you know, special forces types of individuals, agent provocateurs. Uh, They're not on the front page of uh, many newspapers, if any at all. What are they doing? What were their roles? There were other shooters talked about, one on a roof, a sniper. Uh, when you say a, 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 sh- a shooter was talked about, w- w- what do you mean? From witnesses? Uh, who, who's talking about a Oh, potential- correct, yeah. The Rideau uh, Mall, there was a, you know, supposed to be an active shooter going on there. Uh, the guy fled on a motorcycle. There's another incident where a military policeman was supposed to have taken somebody out of the post office, and then that just fell off the uh, radar screen. There was a public statement made on CNN about uh, these issues by an Ottawa policeman, and I won't butcher his name by trying it. And, uh, you know, he said there were three shooting incidents going on and no one was injured. And the one with the sniper on the roof uh, distresses me to a degree because if we did, in fact, have a shooting at the monument, was it a possibility that a sniper shot the soldier and that uh, the bow is just the patsy to be standing there with the rifle to have it blamed upon him? And maybe because the round came from a great distance, that's why we don't see the massive trauma uh, in the picture that should be there if he was shot at point blank. Well, maybe we can high powered rifle. For those joining the the hangout, maybe uh, we can we can pull that photo up. Uh, and again, you know, viewer discretion here is advised. This is the uh, the war memorial scene, the crime scene essentially, where we have uh, Corporal Cirillo uh, down on the ground and a number of people attending to him. And last week on the program, you pointed out some very, admittedly, these are very strange. Uh, this is a very strange situation, a very strange scene where we see very little blood. Now, again, if someone were shot from behind at close range, one would expect to see blood splattered everywhere. And, you know, forgive the, uh, the graphic nature of this discussion, but it is what it is. And we don't see... Is that photo up, uh, Albert? In studio? Yes. Okay, great. We don't see blood everywhere. Uh, but the other thing is... If we look at the bystanders, if we look at the bystanders, we have people with their back to Corporal uh, Cirillo, who's lying on the ground. We have people sipping coffee. We have people talking into their cell phone, very casual, in a very casual manner. What strikes you about, uh, about that, that photograph, George? These people are completely divorced from what's happening in front of them if something is happening in front of them. One thing we have to take into account, too, I have a short YouTube on my website about filming in green screen or chroma key where, you know, basically have computer-generated backgrounds. If this was, uh, you know, an artificial picture or something made in a studio to have some uh, photographs, it could be that this is just background material put in. There's another shot I found in the news that looked at these bystanders from behind them and they're different people. <laughs> Not, there isn't anybody that you can discern. Like I sent you that picture, it's titled Witnesses. And, uh, you know, it's from the other side of that line of people. There isn't anybody that looks the same with the same style of uh, clothing. But they do look interested in what's going on as opposed to the ones uh, in that shot. So has the shot been completely made up? That is a possibility. So, I mean, what is... What is the suggestion here then, George, that 
Corporal Nathan Cirillo was not shot by uh, Michael Hall, uh, known previously as Michael Hall, the, uh, the the shooter in this incident, this shooting uh, spree that ended up in Parliament uh, in the Parliament buildings. Are you suggesting that he was not the person who fired the gun that killed Nathan Cirillo? That is a possibility, and we have to look at all the possibilities because we're getting just nothing but a pack of lies from the official sources. And, uh, you know, we have smoking gun evidence about the so-called bullet holes in Parliament. Yeah, we will get to that, because this is sort of the new, uh, the, the new information that just came to light. But let me just go back to the, uh, the war memorial. Uh, and we see a, a woman who is uh, administering CPR uh, to Corporal Cirillo. What strikes you uh, as, as being unusual about that whole scenario, where this, uh, this woman comes to his aid, you know, where are the ambulances? Where are the, uh, uh, you know, the the, uh, the the paddles and so forth? All the uh, the necessary equipment that you would think would be brought in to revive someone in this situation. Well, the the point is they don't use it. At least not up in front. We get the uh, you know first aid that you and I might do because we have a first aid certificate, but we don't see the pros coming in to do the big stuff. And in the, you know this shot where we see the woman getting prepared to do mouth-to-mouth, we see the man with his shirt open, and there's no blood. He's got a light green shirt. There's no blood on it. There's another shot where there's a white dress glove like you wear on a parade square over top of the chest with absolutely no blood on it. Uh, when you have a heart attack, that's why you're doing CPR, you get cyanosis. You turn blue, and the man has the same skin color as the person giving him mouth-to-mouth. So that just doesn't jive, unless this is the first heart attack ever that didn't come with cyanosis. When you say heart attack, I mean, he was obviously shot at close range, or supposedly shot at close range from behind, so... Well, if they're pumping his chest and breathing into his mouth, his heart isn't beating. So I just take that for granted if... That's I see what you're saying, okay, so cardiac, or, cardiac arrest, beating. right, cardiac arrest, okay. So uh, is there any possibility that... I don't know that he he was bleeding internally, or that the, the, the you know the, the, that uh, there was blood there that we just can't see it in this photograph. I mean, if he was shot with a small caliber handgun, that could be the case. He was shot with a thirty thirty caliber rifle. You know, the muzzle velocity of depending on how heavy the bullet is twenty two hundred to twenty four hundred feet per second. Something that can drop a moose. And, uh, you know, that's just going into a human being past your major arteries and veins and the abdomen and your kidneys and liver and spleen and, you know, many, many blood-carrying organs. Uh, That would just rip right through. You also sent you a picture of, uh, you know, a 30-30 caliber bullet in a penetration test hitting a water jug. It just explodes and water goes everywhere. Well, basically, we're water carrying a whole five liters of blood and uh, we get hit with something like that, it's just going to go everywhere, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. I was just looking at a video of a a guy shot to death by the police uh, in the States, you know, eight cops shooting one guy at 46 times, but uh, they described the blood in the street like a river and uh, with pistol bullets. So we have this high-powered rifle bullet, and we just don't see the blood. We don't see the discoloration of the skin. The medical evidence doesn't fit the story we're being told, and this isn't the only... uh, place where we're getting a story that doesn't match the physical evidence. And when we start putting all these pieces together, we could say, okay, we're mistaken with one, but now we have another piece and another piece and another piece 
So how many of these falsehoods all have to be put together before we can come to the conclusion that we have been sold a false bill of goods here? One of the other things with a crime scene is, especially an outdoor crime scene, especially a sensitive crime scene, is the police always put up a tent to protect the crime scene from any contamination, but also to protect the privacy and integrity of the crime scene. I've never seen an outdoor crime scene of a major nature that didn't have a tent. And the people who deal with the crime scene wear protective clothing so that they don't contaminate the scene with their own hair or any residues from their clothing or take anything that could be carcinogenous, poisonous, or whatever from blood products that may be around onto their own person. So they always wear protective clothing. It's not there. So that tells me this isn't a crime scene. It's a stage. Well, let me ask you, George, why, why if, the, if the purpose of this false flag, if that's what it was, is to galvanize public support and so forth, why go to all the trouble of, of uh, having a sniper on a roof shoot uh, Corporal Cirillo uh, rather than have the, the person who stormed the parliament buildings do it? Why, why go through all this rigmarole and take these extra complicated steps? Well, it's different. We can't know what uh, Bobo was up to because he's dead, allegedly, and uh, we can't find out. But we just have to use reasonable deduction to go out. Well, we did have a sniper event with this drill. What was he doing up there? Many of the photographs of the police coming out of buildings with people as they're pointing their firearms in the air and ducking for cover as if there's an active sniper on the roof. The CBC were cleared from rooftop buildings. So it's pretty much obvious that we did have a, a sniper element. Is this the main thing? Usually when you have a patsy, the patsy's just there to take the blame, and the killer does what he has to do and gets away. And uh, the general end run of these patsies is they're murdered. Well, let's talk about uh, Bibo and, and a little bit of his background. He had a criminal record, uh, drug offenses uh, among them. Uh, and yet we're told that he was able uh, to cross the uh, the border post 9-11 A, without a passport, and B, with a criminal record. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, I heard that, too, uh, on the CBC, I think the morning before I went on an American talk show, and I was just flabbergasted because uh, his passport was refused. They wouldn't give him one. And with these uh, records, of course, they're going to be going through you with a fine-tooth comb to see why you're coming across the border, but there were four trips that uh, were spoken of that he did cross the border, and he was under observation from American authorities. So they had him on their radar. And the first news report that came out before the, the matters even settled, it was published uh, on the Toronto Star website before it was removed a few hours later, said uh, that U.S. officials confirmed his name and that he was a terrorist. And uh, that was scrubbed later and uh, has been obliterated. But the good thing about a lot of people that are online is they capture what they see and they save it so that it can be used later. And that's one of the uh, you know powerful stories that came out is that the news was changed and the Americans originally had all the information uh, available while well, our media was being forced to the ground by our police on the street. They were all forced to hit the ground and uh, at gunpoint and basically threatened and intimidated while American media were carrying the story stateside. Uh, That's quite scandalous in its own right. Maybe that's why our media is lining up. Our senators received the same treatment. They went door to door doing this search for the shooter in the building, you know, basically kicking in senators' doors and forcing them on the floor at gunpoint. And that's just ridiculous, really, because if you don't have the ability to determine 
a, a senator who's probably got his you know parliamentary pass and ID cards, and so do his staff, from an Islamic jihadist terrorist that's working for ISIS. Well, all the power in the world isn't going to help our country. You have no discernment. And uh, it just looks like it's uh, uh, almost a threat and intimidation to the Senate because they got Bill C-13 coming their way. This is the fastest bill ever to go through Parliament in the Senate. They pretty much got through second reading in the Senate almost immediately. So in less than a week, these new police state powers are barreling through and without any debate, discussion, usually bills you know go back and forth for weeks, if not months, and get sent back to uh, the House for amendments and such like this it just feels like our senators were were threatened not that not they were searching for someone that they were actually being threatened well c13 was originally sort of an anti-cyber bullying uh bill and then they i guess they tacked these other measures on um afterwards is that right correct this is uh basically something equivalent to the stasi powers it allows the government now to be the cyber bully and stalker well, let me ask you about, about uh, getting back to the uh, the shooter, Michael Zahaf Bibo, and his mother, Susan, who is a highly placed official in Canadian immigration. Uh, talk to me about that. Yes, his mother is uh, a director in uh, Immigration and Refugee Board Canada. And, uh, you know, I heard from my American cohort, Joyce, Joyce Riley, I didn't see the uh, actual document or source that she had, but that Bibo had a pass to get into Parliament. So I haven't seen the printed version of that. I just heard it on her show. So that's unconfirmed. That's speculation. Uh, I mean, well, she might have it in you know something very solid. It's just I don't know what it is because it wasn't shared with me. It was shared with her. She was doing the show alone at the time. And uh, one of the other very disturbing factors is his father was fighting for the CIA to overthrow Gaddafi back in that day. So he is a soldier for hire to a degree working for the Americans. So no wonder, I guess, he could get across the border and have some contact with American intelligence officials. That's about the only way you're going to get across the border because of any type of even reference or criminal record or drug offenses, you're not getting across. Certainly not post-9-11. George, stay with us. George Freund, host of the Alternative News Podcast, Conspiracy Cafe, here on The Conspiracy Show, as we discuss the Ottawa shootings and the oddities surrounding those shootings, part two. Stay with us. Welcome back. George Freund is with us, the host of the Conspiracy Cafe podcast. George, give us a website. It's www.conspiracy-cafe.com. And as I understand it, when you hit my name at uh, your show links, then uh, my link comes through recorded under that. That's correct. And also, uh, we're... uh, uh, doing a, a Google Hangout again tonight. So if you want to uh, watch the show, sort of as, uh, as it's being streamed on YouTube, you can uh, just go to my Twitter account, my, my Twitter feed rather, at Richard Serrett. Click on the link, and then you can join the uh, the Google Hangout. And uh, I want to get back to um, uh, Michael Zahaf Bebo's uh, parents, his mother, again, a director at uh, Immigration Canada, uh, father now, I know that uh, it's been said he was fighting Gaddafi, you know, part of the insurgent uh, uh, insurgency over there, but I, I hadn't necessarily heard that he was, you know, on the CIA's payroll. Uh, I mean, how do we, how, how do we make that uh, connection? Do we know that for a fact? Not a hard and fast fact. The, uh, the big point is these private armies and soldiers for hire are generally employed through State Department uh, 
auspices and their front company, the CIA, and uh, you know we just pretty much have to take it. There's a very serious odor about this, and it's emanating from these soldier of fortune style armies, and uh, that has to be a great cause for concern. We're being fed, uh, you know, just basic rumors to say that he's an ISIS terrorist because you know maybe he said something online or something, but. They have no hard and fast uh, proof to really say one way or another what his motives are. Uh, they're still discussing that in Parliament where Mulcair says he's a criminal and the Conservative government say he's a terrorist, but by and large they're just debating half or six, half dozen or six. It's really immaterial, we, whatever you call it. The hard and fast point is, is we're being sold out. 35 million Canadians are going to lose all their rights and freedoms over an event that could very well have been staged, when in reality the new law we should be talking about should probably be uh, something more like the RCMP Dissolution Act, because obviously they're not fulfilling their obligations to protect Parliament and secure the Prime Minister, so there's something seriously wrong here, and I would start by removing their provincial police uh, contracts and giving them back to the provinces and slim it down and shape it up and get it into a national police force that can actually do what it should be doing, dealing with national security issues and protecting federal property and our government officials. Well, let's talk about the security on Parliament Hill, because, you know, this uh, people have a short memory, but they forget there have been a number of incidents. Uh, a gentleman who hijacked a bus uh, and was was uh, intent on blowing up the Parliament buildings a la Guy Fox, but his uh, the bus got stuck in the mud. Uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, there was, of course, the incident at the Quebec legislature. So this is not... This is not something new. This has happened before. And, and I'm told that the security on Parliament Hill is about as tight as it can be. In fact, I, had, I mentioned this last week. I had a friend who was on Parliament Hill, walked past the, uh, the War Memorial uh, three or four times uh, during the Thanksgiving Day weekend. And uh, he was absolutely awestruck by the police presence at that time on the Hill. And, of course, this was before uh, the, uh, the, the murder of uh, Warrant Officer uh, Patrice Vincent, and of course before the Ottawa shooting. So at that time, there were, the police presence on Parliament Hill was incredibly high. And then, of course, we had this photograph, uh, supposedly coming from a legislative assistant by the name of, is it Julia May? Correct. She's now been identified. It's Julia May. And uh, this photograph, she claims, was taken through the window of her office at 9.30 a.m., 15 minutes before um, Michael Zahapabo's uh, shooting spree, supposedly. What else do we know about, uh, about uh, Julia May? Not too much. She was just in fear of her life and uh, used the classic thing. She's not in, uh, any, uh, interested in any way to commit suicide in case something happens to her, but claims to have been across the office and seen a, a, just a preponderance of police cars, something that is just unusual for the time. And that kind of uh, matches uh, Miss Arsenault's claim that there were drills going on at the time, because you're just not going to have that many police on duty available at short notice to see the response that we did see later. It was just pretty much uh, like they called out, uh, you know, the rapid deployment force from NATO or something. They were coming out of everywhere, and uh, that many police just aren't on duty in Ottawa. They couldn't afford it to have that many people 24-7. We have that photo. If we could bring that up on the, on the screen, this is the photo of the, uh, uh, the police cruisers uh, taken through the window um, 
there, I guess it's the West Block. And this is uh, a photograph taken supposedly at 9.30 in the morning, that same morning, 15 minutes before the shooting. And this is uh, being accredited to a legislative assistant by the name of Julia May. Now, here's the problem, George. It's a very telling photograph, except we have no way of verifying at what time this photograph was taken. Not uh, at our fingertips, but... uh you know, I'm, I, as I understand it, it was posted online, uh, you know, that day, but uh, at the exact time, you know, we can't say exactly. But the bottom line is, if uh, this witness is accurate, and this witness seems to be far more accurate than any of the uh, things that are coming out from mainstream media or the government, most of them have built-in flaws that are just, uh, you know, easily seen and observed. And uh, we don't see that with this photo. One of the other ones that we didn't talk about at the monument, it took me some time to track down uh, Corporal Cirillo's partner, Brandon Stevenson. And, uh, you know, the media story was he returned to help do first aid. But I only see one man with a kilt, and he's lying on his back. Where's the other guy? And uh, so I did find uh, a picture in the news with a corporal in a dress uniform, the green military dress, but not the formal ceremonial dress with the kilt so it will you know the whole concept of being uniform is you're wearing the same uniform and in one of the new york newspapers they had the both of them in front of the monument in their ceremonial dress so we have a we have a problem here we're saying that a man is at the scene verbally but there's no pictures of him there coming back there's a big hole there all right, George, we'll take another time out. We come, we'll come back, and we want to talk about this Google Earth tour of the Parliament buildings. Video of that tour taken in April of 2013. It's very telling, and we'll, uh, we'll let people know exactly why this is so odd when we discuss the Ottawa shooting oddities with George Freund, host of the podcast The Conspiracy Cafe. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. This is a tough discussion, but we have to have it. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. All right. Now, this next bit is most disturbing. Uh, of course, much ado was made about the, uh, the nine bullet holes uh, in the parliamentary alcove where the, uh, the shooter, Michael Bebeau, was uh, gunned down. And... This uh, alcove, of course, uh, well, there's a number of things that happened there, and we'll get to the sergeant-at-arms and, and uh, his role in, in taking down Bebo, uh if we have time. But let's talk about those bullet holes. Uh, George Freund is with us. He is the, uh, the host of the podcast Conspiracy Cafe. Now, this uh, Google, I guess it's a Google Earth uh, tour of the Parliament buildings that took place in April 2013. First of all, who found that Google Earth tour, and how do we know that it was, in fact, dated from April 2013? Well, it's still available. I went there myself. It's on the CTV website. So when I saw the uh, report, I made the tour myself, and the pictures I've sent you were the pictures I found and made screenshots of them all. And we walk into the Hall of Justice in front of the uh, Parliamentary Library, and, uh, you know, it's just absolutely shocking. So the first picture's, uh, you know, more panoramic, and I just get closer and closer and closer until we get to the wall that has these impressions in them and turn right, and uh, we see the bullet 
marks that they tell us are bullet marks, but they're not. They're impressions in the uh, in the wall, but they could be for a multitude of other reasons. Maybe something was uh, attached to the wall at one time. But these pictures were taken in April of 2013 to be prepared for Canada's birthday, July the 1st, 2013, that Google did a special uh, virtual tour of the Parliament buildings. So the final picture of the close-up of the wall I sent you, and I sent you another one with Secretary Kerry uh, touring uh, the site, looking at the same wall, and you see the same marks in the wall. They were there in April of 2013, according to Google Virtual Earth. It's stamped in the uh, the image that that's when they took the picture. Can we bring that photo up on on uh, the the hangout? This is the photo in the hall of uh, the hall of justice, and these this image is from. April 2013, it's a Google Earth tour of the Parliament buildings. And there we see, as you say, I, 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 would, I would find it hard to believe, George, that these are actual bullet holes. Uh, so as you say, something else accounts for these marks. But are they in the same position? Are there the same number of holes? Correct. As the, uh, the supposed uh, gunman left? Yes. When you look at uh, Kerry standing beside the bald gentleman, there's a pattern of three. They're in exactly the same place as they were in April 2013. And, uh, you know, there's no mistake. There's also video out from the news media of the entire wall that show the nine marks. They're in exactly the same place. The uh, news media darkened them for their filming uh, in one of the, uh, the video portions I've seen, but they're in exactly the same place. And it, there's just no mistake. If this was a criminal case and you were trying to say A shot B and I came up with this evidence that the bullet holes were in the wall before the crime happened, my client would be walking. Case dismissed. Now, the other thing that's odd, uh, there were a number of, of cameramen or camera people in that corridor. Uh, I mean, while the shooting is going on, the position of those cameramen is, is, is kind of odd. Uh, tell me about that. Well, they just, it, it is, I wasn't too much sold on that at first because there's always interviews and things going on in Parliament, so it wouldn't be untoward to have a number of cameramen there. But uh, when the police come in and start charging down the corridor, we have to look at the wall, too, in the first panoramic shot uh, you know, that I send you. When you see the news footage of that and you look at that wall, there's no bullet holes in it, and these guys are charging down the corridor firing multiple shots. You know, we see the odd window taken out in the news or something like that, but I would hope that their marksmanship would be good enough to hit the proverbial barn door. And uh, that wall that's open to their line of fire doesn't have any bullet hole or bullet marks on it at all, which is very, very strange. So one of the uh, videographers who does alternative media and who's recorded this, says the first pop was very loud and he thought it was like a flashbang grenade and that this was similar because they were also doing a drill of a gunman in Parliament as well conveniently. And uh, it fits the purpose more of a drill than as opposed to them actually chasing somebody down and shooting him because uh, Mr. Vickers was supposed to be standing in the line of fire. This is Kevin. Uh, Kevin amazed at how they could fire all those rounds downrange and not hit uh, the wall, not hit Vickers, and not hit Bobo. Sergeant-at-Arms Kevin Vickers, who came out of his office conveniently at, at this precise time, saw what was happening, went back into his office, took his revolver out of his desk, and then 
performed some Bruce Willis uh, type of heroics where he sort of jumped across, turned on his side, and while before he landed on his back, fired at uh, Bobo. Now, we, we don't know much about where Bobo was shot. Uh, was he killed? I, I guess he was killed instantly, but we don't know where he was shot. Uh, there's been there's been no reports that I'm aware of, George, about uh, you know what happened to the body. Have you heard anything? No. Uh, he was supposed to be shot where those other bullet holes are, and uh, or bullet marks in the wall, and then the body was supposed to be lying outside the door of the uh, House of Commons library, and uh, and such. But the story was that Vickers was standing behind a pillar. There's lots of pillars, you know, down where the police start entering uh, the Hall of Honor, but in front of the parliamentary library, as you see from the pictures I sent you, there's really no pillar there for him to hide behind and perform this great stunt. The only door is the door to the Library of Parliament. And then the actual access through the, uh, you know, that uh, portal to get to the door. So that just doesn't, nothing they say seems to add up or make sense, at least with the narrative that we've been given. And if he had come out uh, of that door, I mean, he would have been at great risk of being caught in the crossfire because I don't know how many, uh, you know, Ottawa or RCMP uh, police were behind him firing at Bippo, but uh, th- there would have been bullets flying everywhere. Yes, there were dozens of shots fired, so it would be a miracle that either one of them could uh, go into that area and not be wounded or uh, or anything of that nature. Then, of course, you know, one of the big things with Bobo is why didn't he shoot? You know, So if he was in that little alcove, he's got a bit of cover from the stone that it's recessed in, that he would have cover and he could return fire, but he didn't. So, you know, I'm even wondering if there were even any bullets in his gun. If he was a patsy, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. What happened to the body? Where, where, where was he taken? Where was he buried? They've never made any big, uh, you know, light about that. So, you know, nothing about the funeral, nothing about the body, nothing about uh, much of anything, really. So I find that to be very, very strange. Same with the other uh, chap uh, who was shot by the police in Quebec. Uh, he just sort of, you know, he's shot, he's killed. We see rolled over cars in the, or his car rolled over in the ditch, but we don't hear anything more about him. Uh, you know, no official reports or uh, or anything like that. It's just very, very strange. It's just like they disappear. And, uh, you know, so I'm very dubious about the official story, especially since the official story wants to take away my rights and freedoms. One of the other pictures, you know, I sent you to is Bobo running into Parliament. There's two police cars behind him coming around the circle. And he's not even running, actually. At that point, he's walking. You can clearly see he's just walking. And you're in a car. And there's a man with a rifle going to go into Parliament. Uh, I, I just can't fathom why you just wouldn't take him out. You don't even have to get out of the car. Just run him over <laughs> and put him down. So, uh, it, you know, they'll do that when any other type of car chase. They just grind the car into uh, a piece somewhere and, and stop it. Right, right. You know, the, the big question that always comes up in these situations, George, is if this was, in fact, a false flag, how do you keep something like this quiet? I mean, Very you, simple. you have you have you have many many people that would be involved in such an operation. Very simple. All right. It's called the Official Secrets Act. How long do you want to spend in prison? And how much do you want to talk? 
So basically all the police and the military are sworn in under the Official Secrets Act. They did that with the Toronto 18 when they arrested them. I couldn't see why they take all the police aside and swear them in under the Official Secrets Act. But if you want to keep a job, if you want a pension, and if you don't want to do a long term in prison, shut up. And most people are quite accommodating in that. Well, all the parliamentary people and staff, uh, they passed regulations that a year or two years ago now where they have to have confidentiality. They're not allowed to talk about anything they do in their job to anyone without clearance from above. And that's part of their, you know, job description packages now that, you know, they'll be fired and uh, punished severely if they release any information. What about people in the media? You know, that was the other thing that struck me about this whole scenario. How many cameras were around? Not only the the, the cameras, uh, the the video cameras inside uh, Parliament, uh, but also just people uh, shooting still photographs uh, at the war memorial and and el- elsewhere uh, uh, pictures of uh, you know a, a police in sort of SWAT attire and so forth. Well, the first group of people put down on the ground weren't Islamic terrorists; they were reporters. They were all ordered to the ground at gunpoint, and if you didn't get down. Do you want to take the chance that you get shot or not? It's a very intimidating thing if you've never been taken down at gunpoint. So uh, it's a common tactic used by the police to threaten and intimidate people, even other police. I remember in my police career way back when, you know, if you wanted to uh, be a little outspoken about the truth, you know, gun barrel goes in my nose and they threaten to blow my head off. So it's, uh, you know, I responded quite uh, handily because I'm a Christian. Just said, go ahead and pull the trigger, but I ain't shutting up, and I'm still a cop, and you're going to get 25 years. So they didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. But for most people, that's going to be a very difficult thing to have to deal with, and they've never been uh, seen anything like it, experienced anything like it, and generally they just fold like a deck chair. In total fear. One of the big things that we got from our 2012 spy package is they're spying on the media. And uh, so you're the people who are under the, the stalking alert, and they're just pretty much terrified to, uh, to say anything out of turn because you lose your job. I used to work uh, along, around a lot of big people who do media in Toronto and uh, don't have to name names to embarrass them or anything like that, but those are the people you see on your evening news. And, uh, you know, they'd always laugh at me to say, wow, I wish I could say that, but, you know, if I ever tried, the big hook's going to come and <clears throat> pulls me off uh, the stage and I'll never be seen again and, uh, you know, I'll have to do your job because I won't be making the six figures anymore. Do you think any of this is going to come to light? It is here. It's a start. This is, uh, you know, one of the few chances we're going to get to save our parliamentary democracy uh, it appears Mr. Mulcair isn't completely and totally sold on uh, a lot of this crap, and uh, perhaps with some lobbying from people to say, hey, we don't want our rights and freedoms taken away. And there are problems with this story. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones is after they moved everything out of the way and you have this massive injury at the monument, there, there's no bloody footprints, there's, there's no, no stains, no this, no that. It's just like it was another day, and uh, that just can't be. There, there's something seriously wrong with this, but these laws that are coming in, they're not for terrorists. They're for you and me and everybody else. And uh, that's constantly been the threat in police states, that uh, laws are for artists, writers, thinkers, uh, you know, filmers, photographers, pick something, poets. 
those are always the people that take the brunt of these national security laws. It seldom ever has anything to do with the manufactured enemy or terrorist of the day. There may be a few that uh, they take down for a dog and pony show, but fundamentally it's the long arm of the state goes after the people who think independently and uh, can be a threat to the power structure by telling people the truth. Well, listen, George. Uh, you've given you've given a lot of us a lot to think about, and some some may actually uh, put their hands to their ears and say, "I don't want to hear this. I can't even contemplate something so sinister, so cynical, so evil uh, here in Canada." The good, however, uh, people will have to. Uh, Look at the evidence that's been offered up and make their own conclusions. George, I appreciate your time again. George Freund from Conspiracy Cafe. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Good night. Good night. All right, the website, richardserrett.com. Don't forget, check the uh, Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. Click on the link, and you can join the Google Hangout and say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. And as always, although it's a rough road to hoe, Follow the truth. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Come on in. Take off your coat. Set a spell. Warm yourself by the electronic bonfire. We are uh, in the midst of a a little hangout here on the uh, Conspiracy Show, and I wanted to thank uh, the good people at... uh, the uh, the Google or the uh, the Hangout Helper dot com the Hangout Helper dot com they are uh, ably uh, assisting and aiding us uh, tonight at this uh, Hangout uh, going and if you want to join the uh, the Hangout or watch the YouTube stream all you need to go all you need to do is go to my Twitter feed at Richard Serrett and we've got the link right there just click on the YouTube link. And you'll be able to watch uh, the program. Now, uh, I'm just about to introduce my next guest, and I know she's on the Hangout, but we also need her on the phone. I th- that We sort of neglected to mention that to her. So, Patty, if you're listening, and I think you are, I see you there on the video, we also need you on the phone at the same time so that we can get you on the radio in addition to the Hangout. And you're probably rolling your eyes now and saying, what? Why didn't you tell me that? Uh, so do we, um, we can, I've got a few minutes here to fill and then we'll get Patty on the phone. And uh, I say Patty, Patty Greer, uh, whom I met down in Phoenix, I guess about two years ago at the, uh, the UFO Congress, the World UFO Congress, which they hold in, uh, I guess, north of Phoenix every year. It's one of the big UFO conferences in the world. It's a, it's a terrific, um, a terrific conference. And, uh, I met Patty there and she is an incredible ball of energy. Let me tell you. And we were talking about her research into crop circles and the entire, we, I was, uh, interviewing her for an episode of my television show, the conspiracy show. And, uh, the entire, we had to stop tape like every three minutes because of these, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's true, black helicopters. They were just buzzing us the entire time. So we had to talk in like two-minute intervals, stop tape, and then wait. 
you know, then the helicopters would come around again. <laughs> we'd talk some more. And uh, then we'd have to stop tape because the helicopters would come in, buzz us. Uh, very odd. I know that sounds like a cliche. Yes, we're at a UFO conference and uh, we're being buzzed by black helicopters. But I, I wouldn't have believed it unless I saw it and experienced it for myself. Uh, anyway, that, that time I spent with Patty down in Phoenix stuck with me. And um, when I decided to uh, put on this uh, conference, Follow the Truth, the Conspiracy Show Summit, I thought, now, who am I going to invite to speak? And Patty came to me immediately. I just thought, she's such a, an energetic and passionate person. And uh, if, there, if there's anyone living or dead that's been set foot in more crop circles, I don't know. I don't know of them. Uh, she's an indef independent filmmaker, as I say, a crop circle researcher. And uh, she will be uh, live on stage in Oshawa on Sunday, November the 16th at the Regent Theatre. She's one of the hardest working crop circle filmmakers today. And uh, she's the filmmaker who discovered a band of coded communication between two balls of light just before they produced a crop circle in mere seconds. And this incredible discovery was caught on film. And she's going to tell us about that. And she's remained enthralled with the, uh, the crop circle uh, phenomenon since 2006. She returned to England in the summers of 2007, 2008, 10, 2011, and 14. And after an out-of-body experience in the center of an English crop circle in 2007, she produced, get this, six full-feature crop circle movies in record time, creating movies had never even crossed her mind, and these movies happened quickly, with no previous interest or experience in filmmaking or training whatsoever. The information came through dreams and telepathic communications. It's a great pleasure to welcome back to The Conspiracy Show, Patty Greer. Hey, Patty, how are you? Patty, can you hear me? There you are. Hey, Patty. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I was, uh, just before you joined us, I was uh, uh, talking about our experience. We were taping an episode of my TV show down in Phoenix at the UFO Congress. You remember this? And we were being constantly buzzed by those black helicopters. Oh, I think we had five interruptions. At least, yes. You had to talk like in, in two-minute spurts. Then we had to stop tape and start over. Is that, was that a unique experience, or have you been buzzed by the black helicopters before? You know, when I was filming Patricia Corey in a crop circle in Wiltshire, we were buzzed ridiculously. And uh, kind of like with you, I'd point at her and say, they're here for you, and she'd say, they're here for you. You know, I mean, you got to just laugh about it and invite them to come over and play. You know, they got to be just feeling so left out. What do you say to people, uh, Patty, that... Uh and I, and I know that these, uh, these skeptics are everywhere. They even show up at the UFO uh, uh, conferences, uh, that these crop circles are just a bunch of, you know, guys walking around with boards strapped onto their boots. You know, we've been through so many eras of misinformation that it's almost hard to even talk about the human circle makers at this point. But... Needless to say, when the media shows up, that's the only thing they want to present. Very much like George talked uh, about before, that the media is not allowed to tell the truth. 
or they'll lose their job. Kind of like doctors and dentists with mercury poisoning. They're not allowed to tell the truth or they'll lose their license. You know, it's just so time to move into the new paradigm where truth rules. Uh, Patty, I'm going to get you to, if I can, can you mute your computer speaker? Are you able to do that for us? We're just getting a slight echo. Can you mute your computer speaker? It is muted. Oh, okay. Is this better? Uh, well, we'll see what, what, what uh, maybe we can check that out during the break, but it's, it's not too bad. All right. So uh, this is amazing. I mean, you are churning out, and in fact, I think you're editing another one now. How many feature films is it? Uh, six, and you're working on your seventh? Well, I've finished seven. I did one for another person. But uh, the one that I'm working on now with a Canadian television producer, this one will not be stopped from getting to the people. And it's actually the most important one because this summer I brought in the scientific research, which completely enhanced my understanding of crop circles. And your event is going to be the first time I talk about it publicly, other than on the show tonight. Well, this is interesting because, I mean, you're going to, I, I suspect you're going to uh, ruffle some feathers because, you know, there are many people who equate crop circles with UFOs. I mean, they're, as far as they're concerned, they are one and the same. And you're coming at it from a very different, a very different perspective now. I mean, it wasn't always thus, correct? I mean, did you at one point believe that there was a, a connection between UFOs and crop circles? Oh, absolutely. My line of introduction was that crop circles were the first physical manifestation of extraterrestrial communication that humans could see. And I believed that the buzziness that I felt in the crop circles, the hair standing up on my arms and tingles head to toe, was a gift from the extraterrestrials. And it turns out <clears throat> that the top scientist, the only one that went public with scientific research, is Dr. Levengood. And he died a year ago, but his secret assistant, a woman that worked with him for the last 16 years is someone that I spent 10 days with this summer. And the information that she gave me that they had proven scientifically that crop circles are not only real, but that they're coming out of the earth really just blew my socks off. Well, we'll get into that uh, uh, as the hour progresses. We've got, uh, you provided some uh, absolutely amazing uh, photographs. These are aerial photographs. Uh, these, these are photographs that, you, that you've taken from the air of these crop circles? Yeah, the one that you have up now is my absolute favorite crop circle center. And this is one, of course, I took on the ground um, from about three feet away. This is proof positive to me, you know, when you realize that crop circles happen at night in three hours of darkness in the middle of summer in England, when you see detailing like this, the braided, uh, the braided, the woven, the bouquet in the center that seems to be tied, uh, the little teepees all around the center that look almost like a little village, to imagine doing this in the dark is stunning enough, but this particular crop circle that we're looking at, this is the center of one of about 65 different circles. So there were so many incredible 
centerpieces, all of them different in this formation. Is this uh, in Wiltshire as well? Yeah, this is all Wiltshire, England. It's the only place I go and film. What is what is so special about the topography, the, the geography uh, of, of this part of England uh, that attracts so many crop circles? When we look at the scientific um, numbers of how many appear where, we find that 96 or 7 percent of all documented crop circles, number one, are sitting over an aquifer of water. And Wiltshire is sitting over the largest chalk aquifer in the world. The other high 90 percentile is that almost every crop circle documented is sitting over a ley line, which is a direct line between two sacred sites. And Wiltshire is laced with sacred sites. This area has Stonehenge, the Avery Stone Circle, uh, Silbury Hill, a tremendous amount of ancient locations where people have gone to uh, enjoy sacred rituals, ceremonies for thousands of years. So it's a very high energy of spiritual um, presence. So what then is the connection between the aquifers, the ley lines, and the crop circles? I mean, how does this all, all, all work? We're, we're, we're going to be going into a break shortly, but let's begin the discussion now and we'll continue after the break. Absolutely. Well, when you have an area where people come for thousands of years to do sacred ceremony, you've got a raised frequency. You don't have a cement jungle where there's stores and traffic and honking. You have an area where the people are more druid. They're really into the land and into their Wiccan heritage, their spiritual nature. And in general, when you go over there, you can feel it. Those people are a lot more sacred living than where I'm from. All right, Patty, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and discuss crop circles, not what you think. Welcome back. Crop Circle researcher and filmmaker Patty Greer is uh, with us and uh, from the wilds of uh, Colorado. Uh, and she'll be joining us on stage on Sunday, November the 16th at Follow the Truth, the Conspiracy Show Summit. And uh, that's at the Region Theatre. Again, followthetruth.tv, the website, if you want more information, a uh, list of uh, all our, our speakers and uh, their bios. As, uh, as well as uh, information on ordering your passes. And you can call the box office, 905-721-3399. Patty, before the break, uh, we were, let me just uh, get uh, the, um, hang, uh, the uh, Hangout Helper uh, to put up uh, photo A again. And that's the... the uh, I, I want to get back to that in a second. But first, that's the doorway crop circle. Isn't uh, that amazing? It is. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh, and beautiful. I mean, that's something you would you would frame and you would just you put on your wall. I mean, it's a it's a work of art. Um, but let's get back to this discussion about the relationship between the aquifers and these ley lines and the actual mechanics of how these crop circles are formed. Okay. Well, as we look at this particular one, the doorway, <clears throat> it happens in minutes when they are real. And if I'm not there, I can't tell you it's real or not. <clears throat> but when people see the plasma balls of light in the area, then we know most likely that they are real. All right, let's bring up picture B, because that's the ball of plasma light you're talking <clears throat> about. 
Yeah, now that's an incredible photo. And a lot of the NASA photos, you can see the opening there, which is an inlet uh, where people have seen illumined light beings come in and out of that opening. Have you witnessed that? I didn't see them come in and out, but I did interview the guys that watched it happen, and I interviewed them while they were still in shock. I mean, bright red face, staring at the ground, barely able to communicate, and they had had the experience hours before where they said that they had seen balls of light over East Field, and the ball slightly turned, a doorway opened, and they said they watched illumined light beings come out with arms, legs, and a head. And I was the only one that interviewed them, and they disappeared. Uh, but I happened to have been up on the hill on that night two years earlier with a friend, and we filmed the balls of light very much like they were describing with the open door. And then this Pretty was, shocking photo there. Then that was corroborated later, I believe, or earlier, you met a young girl who talked about these light beings. Yes. Um, she actually happened to be across the field on Silvery Hill, standing on the top of some people, and they also saw illumined light beings. They didn't see them in the sky coming out of the ball. She said all of a sudden the whole base of Silvery Hill was full of these illumined light beings with arms, legs, and a head, and she described them in the same way. The thing that was fascinating, and again, I'm coming in just with the punchline of what was so astounding about these two different groups of people. But um, the woman said to me, without knowing that the other guys had gone on camera, that these light beings all of a sudden put their arms up in the air and started spinning. She said, like those whirling dervishes, and disappeared. Disappeared. And the guy said that when he saw them up in the sky, that he realized that he had had a dream um, which was right before he had the experience, so it probably wasn't a dream, where he coincidentally or not told me that they put their arms up in the sky, started to spin like those whirling dervishes, and disappeared, which just stunned the heck out of me because they were uh, once from Belgium, these two guys, and the woman was from England, and they didn't know each other, and both of them said the very same thing about how these Illumined beings went in and out of our world. That's that's corroboration. I mean, when you have yeah. independent witnesses like that, uh, really shocking. Okay, so then, uh, so we've got three things going on here. We've got the aquifers, we've got the ley lines, and now we have these light beings. I mean, tie it all together for me, Patty, because I, I'm confused. I mean, how do these crop circles happen? Well, again. I, th I think that we have the metaphysical version, and then we have the scientific version. And before I knew about the scientific version, we knew that these balls of light come over a field. They communicate with a band of communication, which I happen to have found, between the two uh, balls of light in the Oliver's Castle footage, which is... That's photo um, C, I think. Picture C. Yeah, picture C. If we can bring that up. That's now, the line of coded communication between two balls of light. Yeah, now how I found this was way too astounding for me to have any doubt whatsoever that this is real. 
the famous footage, which everyone, everyone has seen pretty much, you know, where the balls of light circled the field and laid the field down in seconds, has been um, disputed for years. But a lot of people that are far more famous than myself went public and said, it's fake, go back to sleep. And then people, of course, said that um, there's been so many rumors spread. But when I came home with this footage, I had just had my experience in 2007 where I had contact in a crop circle. And things were happening way too quickly for me to even understand what was going on. But when I finished my first movie, I stuck this footage at the end, still thinking that maybe it wasn't real. Now, here I am in Boulder, Colorado, editing with a guy that I found on Craigslist, a great editor, and we're having a good time. Finished the movie, locked the footage, and I said, wow, that was easy. We just made a movie. And so we start to walk away, and I turned around, and I said, oh, there's a big blue orb on the monitor. And the kid looks at me, and he says, the monitor's unplugged from the wall, and it was. Oh, Lord. So Are you kidding I'm me? Shocked. Are you kidding me? No, this is real. I have a photo of the blue orb. And so I looked at the kid, and I said, oh, my God, I'm getting goosebumps and chills. I feel like I'm in a crop circle, and here I am in Boulder, Colorado, editing. And the kid looks at me, and he says, you look really weird. And I said, I feel weird. And then I told him, reverse the footage. He said, why? I said, I don't know, just reverse it. So he reversed the Oliver's Castle footage. And then I said, slow it down. He said, how slow? I said, I don't know, 30%, literally just like that. And we were both totally stunned. I didn't know where that answer came from. But as he reversed the footage and slowed it down 30%, we found that band of communication directly between those two balls of light. Now, that's how I found it. And it wasn't like I was looking or doing the math or did the research, nothing of the kind. It was direct contact that they gave me the math to find this communication between the balls of light. So now I've gone since 2007, what, uh, seven years, right? waiting to have scientists or PhD, whatever. People in the audience say to me, you need scientific people to back up that this is real. Well, for me, because of how I found it without looking, I know it's real, but, you know, like you're going to tell people that. So I showed it to the um, partner of famous Dr. Levengood, who is the only scientist that went public in the last 40 years. He's been at it for that long, studying crop circles. And he is actually mentioned in the Guinness Book of World Records because... He's so brilliant. He's written nine articles that have been published in the scientific journals, which is a world record. So he's absolutely brilliant, and he's the only one that went public with the fact of crop circles and their data. So he died a year ago, and the woman that worked with him for the last 16 years, I spent 10 days with her. And here's how she described how crop circles are actually made. She said that their scientific theory is that there was a plasma vortex that was operating in the field. A plasma vortex is like a tornado, a whirling tornado of different kinds of energies, maybe seven, eight, nine, even ten different kinds of energies. Those often travel, travel plasma vortexes, 
Vortices often travel in counter-rotating pairs. And because they have different kinds of energy in them, which include microwave energies, there are ion-electron avalanche, avalanche energies, there are thermogradients, there's convective stability, and there's other areas that are undergoing turbulence. There are also electric fields. This is like All cosmic of those radiation. Energies have specific and distinct boundary conditions. Okay. And they are interacting with the planet herself. Is this like cosmic radiation? There are electrical radiation? fields, rivers, and currents that move across the surface of the Earth, and they are always there, and they're going to interact. Hmm. So what she's saying is that these counter-rotating vortices are coming from the Earth. So initially, ah. which blows my mind, these messages are coming from the Earth herself. And because they're counter-rotating and they're spinning really rapidly, the frequencies are pulled in from mass human intelligent consciousness, as well as some ET, she called them otherworldly technologies. So we've got the sky, the earth, and us. And when these frequencies blend together in these counter-rotating vortices, that are coming out of the earth with the intention of giving us this information. These balls of light, plasma, are visible to the human eye, and within seconds they lay the crop circle down, the message. Wow. I mean, that's, that's hard to wrap your, my head around. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much going on with these things. I had a headache. First time ever when I had to wrap my brain around that literally, and I said, ow, that hurts. Oh, my God, I've been telling a third the story all these years. Who knew? Let's bring up photo D. This is the Dorset crop circle. Isn't that gorgeous? It is beautiful. And I've heard these things described as fractals. Would this be an example of a fractal? Well, a fractal to me is more sacred geometry, more like Fibonacci sequence mathematics. This to me, um, only because of the people I met in it that said they designed it the night before, to me, it looks more like a schematic for free energy. Hmm. And I took Sasha Stone from the New Earth Nation into this crop circle, and it was up in Dorset, England. And as we are in the crop circle interviewing Sasha, we look over, and there's five women that are in the crop circle with us. And when I finally finished yakking on camera and I said to the ladies, is there anything you'd like to add to the conversation? It turns out they were five women from the QEG, the Quantum Energy Generator Team, Free Energy. Wow. And they said, well, yeah, we'd like to say something. We designed it last night, and how great to see it in the field. So let me see if I can summarize. These, this plasma vortex that's swirling around the planet uh, is somehow being shaped by human consciousness and then that human consciousness is, what, interpreted by these, these, uh, these balls of light in the sky, which is another form of consciousness, and they're basically taking that consciousness and this plasma vortex and then creating these incredible crop circles. Is that, if I even approximated what's going on here? I think most of it is coming from the Earth now. 
I think that it's actually messages from the mother who is being damaged by all of what humanity is doing to the planet. And I think that by putting it over aquifers, the purpose is to send those messages into the waters as well to help heal the water. And I believe that when the scientist said um, there are electrical fields, rivers, and currents that move across the surface of the earth, what she's talking about is enhanced frequency zones, which are the ley lines between the sacred sites. Stonehenge, of course, has enhanced electromagnetic fields because of all of the um, powerful stonework that's been there for thousands of years and the people that have come to celebrate and keep that frequency those vibrations really really high and in stonehenge we've had a number of crop circles appear one of them was very noteworthy in uh, 1996 which was the same year as the oliver's castle footage when we saw the balls of light lay the crop circle down in seconds well, we'll, um, uh, we'll come back here in a moment, and we'll look at the, uh, the Avebury Manor uh, orbit crop circle. Uh, Patty Greer is with us, crop circle filmmaker, researcher, coming to Follow the Truth, the Conspiracy Show Summit, and you're listening to The Conspiracy Show right here. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Uh, coming up on the program, Dr. Leonard Horowitz uh, will be with us. Uh, he, the author of AIDS and Ebola, Accident, Nature, or Intentional, and obviously Ebola... Uh, continues to be a huge story that's uh, not going away anytime soon. So uh, Dr. Len Horowitz will be with us. And uh, our regular monthly visit from paranormal investigator Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, will be here, all upcoming on The Conspiracy Show. Right now, uh, crop circle researcher and prolific crop circle filmmaker Patty Greer is with us. And just a reminder, she'll be coming to uh, Oshawa on Sunday, November the 16th, as part of our uh, Follow the Truth Conspiracy Show Summit. Uh, uh, Patty, we, uh, we have a picture of the, uh, the Averbury Castle um, uh, crop circle. We, we touched on that earlier. That one seems to be uh, far more sort of, it's, there's, there's eloquence and simplicity, but this one is, is, is rather simple compared to, let's say, for example, uh, the Dorset Circle. Right. You know, the interesting thing about this particular crop circle and the doorway crop circle, the gorgeous one you started with, was that the farmers were instructed to ruin the crop circle. The farmers were instructed by the superiors, the military, I don't know who, but the doorway was absolutely gorgeous, and it disappeared on day two. The farmer mowed it out, and what we had was an empty circle on the second day. Thank God some of us flew over and took pictures the day it was um, documented and called in. With- <clears throat> this particular one, although it looks simple, like a couple of orbits around a planet, uh, everybody was saying that Pluto appeared to be missing. And this was before 2012. This one was in 2010. And the farmer was instructed to destroy the crop circle. So he ran his tractor through three big lines right through the center, and it kind of destroyed the look of it. And what did the circle makers do? They just delivered another huge bunch of little 
images all around that poor farmer's field. So he had acres more laid down with a lot more intense information, and it was all astronomical. There were different planetary layouts. But the farmer was shown, yeah, mess with us? Well, here you go. There's a lot more. Were you able to get these farmers to go on the record to talk about how they were uh, ordered to destroy these crop circles? No. No. I did get one farmer to go on camera, and he was adorable. He ends my uh, crop circle update, the wake-up call movie, which won a lot of awards. It won Best Feature Film at the International UFO Congress Convention, which in America is our big event. I've won actually three EB Awards there for my films. But interestingly enough, because I'm the filmmaker that's proved that they are being made by balls of light, and I do have photos of those balls of light, uh, my website's been hacked for almost four years. My distributors of choice have actually hidden my movies for almost four years. And it's been a very ruthless industry uh, that has not been fun on those levels at all. So obviously there's somebody uh, or some group that doesn't want this information to get out. I mean, what are they afraid of? What, this seems such such a, an innocuous thing. I mean, it's not like we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, with the UFO issue, the, the possibility that they've recovered some sort of technology, free energy or something. These are just beautiful designs in, in fields. What are they afraid of, Patty? Well, you're really minimizing, my friend. Um, Number one, they are exposing a lot of propulsion devices. If you take a lot of the crop circles, I show 60 of them in my presentation, and spin them. When you spin a crop circle, all of a sudden you can see propulsion. You can see ship lighting on the spaceships. There's um, a lot of formulas for advanced technologies that have been shown in crop circles. And if we recall 2009, we had a freak summer of crop circle images that weren't obscure um, sacred geometry or binary codes. They were pictures of birds and pictures of fish and pictures of beetles and ammonites, ancient sea creatures. And what happened six months later, we had the BP oil spill. Killed millions of all those species. Amazing. So these were warnings. All right, we'll take another time out. Patty Greer stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Patty Greer stays with us. Uh, I want to put uh, photo G up uh, there to share with those joining us on our uh, Google Hangout. And uh, this one is entitled Blown Nodes. Uh, just explain what's going on in this, in this photo, Patty. Yeah, this is a really interesting piece of evidence here. When we go into a crop circle, when we go digging through the wheat, we're going to notice that all the wheat is broken every three feet if it's made by humans with boards and ropes, or we're going to notice the blown nodes where the liquid inside the stalk of wheat, corn, barley, oats, whatever the field is that gets hit with these enhanced electromagnetic frequencies is going to heat the inside of this wheat and somehow 10,000 or 100,000 or a million of them side by side know exactly how to lay, at what angle, in what direction. It is the most phenomenal technology, but it blows a bubble and then the elbow bends. 
Now, if it were made by humans, like I said, they'd all be broken. So this is what we look for in a crop circle. Now, when Dr. Levengood and his team, this is, I think, one of the most important things that I learned from the scientists. When the doctor and his team went and pulled out wheat from inside a crop circle, obviously they had the blown nodes. And then at the top node, um, the plant had actually shriveled and curled in the leaves because the heat was so immense. And they also found, you're going to love this, iron ore that had melted onto the leaves and did not destroy the plant, did not burn the leaves. Now, iron ore in the air has to be at about 1,200 degrees to be floating in the air. So this is one of the biggest miracles that they really weren't able to figure out, that in crop circles there is this huge instant heat. There is these particles of iron ore that does show up on the leaves and these blown nodes that nothing else can create but a microwave. So they tested to see what happened to the wheat inside the crop circle compared to the wheat outside the crop circle. And they found that the seeds that got hit by the crop circle energies actually created up to 400% more food, each seed. Wow. And the seeds also created food that had up to 75% more nutritional value. Now, this is huge. That is huge. And this has been confirmed. I mean, this has been documented in scientific laboratories and so forth. It has. It has. And it's been documented in a scientific journal that there is plasma in crop circles, that there is enhanced electromagnetic fields, and that there's also these different energies. The microwave energy is what blows the node and bends it. The counter-rotating vortices are what's pulling in the frequencies from us, from up there, and coming in from the Earth. So it's actually vortices coming out of the Earth of spinning energy. And it spins into these plasma balls when it gets together with the other frequencies that it needs to create the message. But I do believe now that the messages are actually coming from the Earth. And when we look at what could the Earth be complaining about most, look where she's delivering the messages in fields of wheat that are being destroyed by GMOs. I mean, this is a multi-dimensional message. They're really drawing our attention to the food supply that's being destroyed. Is it possible for, uh, has anyone ever tried to do sort of a, a, a mass consciousness experiment where humans gather around and, and focus on an idea and create a crop circle? Yes, many of them. What was the outcome? Um, Bert Janssen spoke in my very first movie, which is called Crop Circle Update. Anybody listening? <laughs> and um, that's where I first discovered the communication. And he and a group of people went to a bar, and they drank wine, and they looked at photos from a church. And it was photos that had never appeared in a crop circle, which was a, um, not a Cathar cross, a Maltese cross. 
Right. And uh, they showed a picture of it in the center of the group, and then they showed another picture of a tile from the church that had five Maltese crosses uh, at an angle. And two days later, that exact tile showed up in a crop circle. Wow. And you can see it in the movie. Uh, amazing. I had an experience with um, remembering where I was taken, and it was a crystal castle that had five specific towers, and it, it, had, it was something that I can remember in a heartbeat because I saw it in an art presentation, and the very next morning the crystal castle was in a crop circle in England, and I knew that it was a confirmation of what had happened the night before. So it's happened to me. And this particular summer, I took over my Canadian TV producer and a cameraman, and on the flight, I said, let's set an intention to create a crop circle. The three of us connected by lines. And the very first day we were there, we had three circles connected by lines. Remarkable, remarkable. So it really is um, a matter of plasma. Everything is plasma. We are plasma, trees are plasma, energy is plasma, and so when we communicate, plasma communicates, consciousness communicates, what we're doing is we're setting it up so that our plasma communicates with the plasma out there, and a lot of people are, yes, able to create crop circles with intention. You mentioned these plasma vortexes. Is that the explanation for all of the equipment failure that often happens inside these crop circles? I think the equipment failure might be the level of high frequencies. You know, when we have these bizarre frequencies uh, that she mentions, the ion-electron avalanche energies, thermogradients, convective stability, undergoing turbulence, you know, all these things that are swirling energy is probably what's taking down the gear. I just want to jump over to, uh, to, to Photo J, which is, um, as you say, your favorite crop circle center. Tell me a little bit about uh, this photograph. Well, like I said in the beginning of the show, there were about 65 circles in this formation, and this was in um, Avebury Truslow, probably the most profound crop circle I've ever seen because each center was this ornate. And when you realize they're done in the dark, they can't do this with boards and ropes, something like this center. And each center in this crop circle was just stellar. What happens to the, the crop circle the following year in terms of, I mean, you talked about the increased nutritional value, the, the increased yield. Does that continue on the next growing season as well? I believe it does, yes. And the farmers, you know, they mow their fields every August, so even if it's a great crop circle, it gets mowed away. But I want to tell you the most important thing about Dr. Levengood and his team. They realized that what happens inside a crop circle is so important for our food supply that they spent the last 10 years trying to re-engineer, to reverse the technology of these vortices of humanity, the earth and the sky beings, to 
send us these messages and to do such a powerful job that it would actually enhance the food supply. And what they realized is that if you learn to manipulate plasma, you can do miracles. So they took the technology from within the crop circles. They worked on getting those exact frequencies scientifically. And they came up with how they could actually recreate it. And so they started doing these exercises on seeds. And they found that, and we're still working on it now, because now I'm in the group where we are bringing these technologies forward. Because we realized that, needless to say, Monsanto's done quite a job on the food supply. We're going to need technologies like this to bring it back. So with their tests in the lab and tests in the farm fields, they found that with this machine that they created, that we're going to be able to do this mechanism over the seeds. And then these seeds actually are creating between 30 to 400 percent more food with up to 75% more nutrition. And the 400% happen to be the fields of biofuel. Ah, biofuel. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, excuse the pun, but this, you've, this has all come full circle. I mean, uh, you know, you, you started out thinking the crop circles, like many of us, were somehow associated or connected with UFOs. Uh, and, and so now you've with the help of others, other researchers, solve the riddle of what these things, how they're formed, what they are, uh, and how we can use them uh, to, our, to our benefit. So what's left, Patty? What's left to know about crop circles? What do you need to know? Well, what we need to do is get them out to the people. You know, with my movies hidden, uh, we've got a lot less information out to the public. So I'm doing everything I can to get my movies out to the world. I want your viewers to go look at my website which is pattygreer.com. And if you can't order movies or stream them, just write me on the Contact Us, or um, you can find me anywhere. I'm all over the Internet. But the level of hacking I've tolerated, Richard, has been pretty astounding. And whoever's doing this, they've got to be paid pretty well to be this relentless. Uh, at Christmas last year, my Crop Circle movie was played on PBS all month long for their funding drive, and the hacker actually went into my website, created a shadow site, so anybody going to my website would be taken to theirs. And instead of being able to view the movies after they paid for it, the hacker put up a special message as the gift. And the message was, telling the truth in times of universal deceit is a revolutionary act. And it was a quote from George Orwell that all of my customers got is their not Christmas gift. So, you know, wow. when you ask what would we say to the military, what would we say to the hackers, what I want to say is come join us. My God, it's so much more fun knowing the truth and working with it because I know you've got kids, Richard, and I know I've got kids, and the planet that we're leaving them, if we don't fix things right away, we're in trouble. We're in dire shape. And crop circles are not at all just pretty pictures in the field. They are messages coming out of the earth. The mother is pleading with us to wake up. The ETs are pleading with us to wake up. And the humans on this planet that are highly conscious and aware and care about saving the planet, 
are a part of this three-way communication that's been coming to Earth, to Earthlings, for hundreds of years. Crop circles have been documented, and they're not just messages. They are urgent messages, warnings, uh, technologies, images to ease our pain and to bring us into a new paradigm. I think that people really need to be looking at these images, and we all believe that just looking at the image of a crop circle, you will get the information. You don't even have to know a lot. You just need to take the time, open your mind, open your heart, and look at a lot of these images because the information is there. Your perception is up to you. Patty, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you again Sunday, November the 16th uh, in Oshawa at the Regent Theatre and uh, follow the Truth and Conspiracy Show Summit. Thank you. Really looking forward to it. Thank you, Richard. PattyGreer.com. My thanks to Albert Vinzel, story producer, uh, Tim Spreen, my technical producer, and, of course, a big, big thank you uh, for our Google Hangout uh, goes to uh, the hangouthelper.com. Back next week, Dr. Len Horowitz, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, hope you'll be along for the ride. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.